Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. While Mill Spouse life might be tricky, you don't have to navigate it alone. We're glad you're here with us today. I'm your Director of Administration, Sarah Robichaud, and joining me today for our 980th episode is our phenomenal Deputy Director, Jolene McNutt. Hi, Sarah, and thanks for that warm welcome. I'm happy to be hosting with you today. Listeners, we have a great show for you, so grab a beverage of your choice, settle in, or lace up your shoes if you're listening while getting in your workout and get ready for your weekly dose of military life empowerment. On today's show, we'll hear an interview conducted by our executive director, Sharita Knobloch, as she chats with guest Jared Knight, 2023 AFI Buckley Space Force Base Spouse of the Year, resident man pendant and advocacy director for the Ohana Homefront Foundation. I am so jazzed to be hosting this episode with you today, Jolene. But before we go any further, what has military life been throwing at you lately? Give me a quick sit rep or a situation report. Well, we are fast and furious into the end of the school year. So honestly, we are just plugging away at the end of year or end of grade uh, exams that are coming up. And my son has a band concert tonight. That's super fun and exciting. He plays yeah. trombone. That's so <laughs> fun. He's got a solo tonight. He's got a speaking part tonight. He Ooh. is super, super stoked. So we are just <laughs> rolling with the end of the school year craziness. How about you? We are in the same boat. Um, luckily, all of our extracurriculars ended last week. So I feel like this week I have a little bit of space to attempt to slow down. I feel like I say that every month, like next month is going to be slower or next month we're going to, and it never slows down. It just keeps on chugging, but I'm really going to intentionally purposefully try to slow down these last couple weeks of school before the summer craziness begins. It is crazy once summer hits too. Like there's, I think it's good intentions to be like, okay, I'm really going to just enjoy these last few minutes before summer swirl happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I work from home and uh, I'm trying to imagine and visualize how my summer is going to go with my kids back in the house all day long. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be a lot of very early mornings trying to get work done. I think it's going to be a struggle, but you know, it's, it's good family time too during the summer. So I'm really excited for that. I also know you attended MSOI um, in DC recently. Do you want to give us a little snapshot of that? Sure. I, uh, I feel like I'm still kind of coming down from all of that. You know, it was, it was kind of a whirlwind for me. I, you know, like I said, I, I work from home. I'm usually in my gym clothes and like full gremlin mode half the time. And then getting to travel not only by myself, but to DC and to meet all of these amazing spouses, um, who are just working really hard in their space and in their niches within the military community to empower and advocate and, um, you know, lobby for change for our military spouses was really just this phenomenal eye-opening experience. And I think um, I was definitely one of the smallest fish in the room, which is fine by me. That's kind of, you know, I'm, I like to be in the background. Um, but it was, I just feel like I learned so much from so many of these spouses and I really hope I just absorbed 
even just a fraction of the awesomeness that they were putting out for our military spouses. Well, I don't think you're a small fish, not to us anyway. <laughs> if anyone understood <laughs> at all the work you do for Mission Millspos, nobody would be oh, thinking you're a small fish in that room, for real. <laughs> like you are incredible. So I feel very lucky that you consider yourself a small fish and stick it out with us because <laughs> oh, we are very grateful for your work that you do. But I'm glad you had Aww. a good week. It sounds like such an awesome experience. And I'm so proud of you and so proud that you um, were able to kind of go there and get the experience and just be inspired by all of our incredible mill spouses that ah, I just, they can inspire me every day of the week. No problem. Like hands down, we ha have an amazing community. We do. And I guess the, the real takeaway that I got from it was, you know, I, I live in a civilian community. I'm far away from a base and just being reminded that there are so many spouses out there working hard and doing good things. Like we are truly not alone. And there are so many people working for us that we don't even know about. And it's just, it, it was just really encouraging to see. It really reminded us like we are a good, solid, tight-knit community, even though we are spread out around the world. Mm, I love that. I love that. All right. Well, it has been uh, super fun catching up with you, Jolene. We haven't talked in a while. Um, even the most seasoned spouses can use some encouragement. And so whether you are just joining the military life or like me, you have more PCS stickers stuck on your furniture than you can even count, we have got you covered. So let's hear from some other members of our Mission Mill Spouse Command team with their insightful and uplifting resources. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hello, listeners. It's Amanda, your Director of Empowerment, here again this week, coming to you with another weekly dose of encouragement. This week, let's talk about empathy. Brene Brown has shared some research on empathy where it's been discovered that having high levels of empathy leads to leadership, academic and professional success, as well as success rates in marriage and effective organizations. She states, the bottom line is that empathy is essential for building meaningful, trusting relationships, which is something we all want and need. Empathy is a powerful skill that can be learned and practiced. A scholar from England, Teresa Wiseman, shares that there are four defining attributes of empathy. They are, one, to be able to see the world as others see it, two, to be non-judgmental, three, to understand another person's feelings, and four, to communicate your understanding of that person's feelings. Something I want to add that is important for us to remember is that we need to practice self-empathy as well. If you're experiencing any feelings of doubt, shame, guilt, unworthiness, or really any negative emotions and traits about yourself, be the friend that you need in that moment. How might you respond if a friend was in your situation? Would you help uplift and empower them? If so, try to remember the same should be said about you. Empathy is a strength that opens your heart and leads to compassion. Until next time, spouses, moxie up! No news is typically good news in this military life, except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy y'all and buckle up for this week's News 6 update. 
Brandon Act Signed to Help Combat Mental Health Stigma in the Military Two weeks ago, the Brandon Act was signed by the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, Gilbert R. Cisneros, Jr. Its goal is to improve the referral process for active duty members when it comes to mental health. It also seeks to make it easier to seek a mental health evaluation confidentially. The Brandon Act is named after Navy Petty Officer 3rd Class Brandon Caserta, who died by suicide in 2018. Our greatest strength is our people, and we are committed to their well-being, Sister has said. Therefore, I firmly believe that seeking mental health treatment is a sign of strength and resilience. This policy, spurred by the passage of the Brandon Act, is an important step in ensuring that our service members are able to seek mental health treatment when and how they need it. We honor Petty Officer Brandon Caserta's memory by ensuring that our military services have procedures and processes in place that allow service members to seek help confidentially for any reason, at any time, and in any environment, and aim to reduce the stigma associated with seeking mental health care. This policy allows service members to seek a mental health evaluation at any point, time, or reason while keeping the evaluation confidential and unable to impact the service member's career. This policy will roll out in two phases. The first phase must happen within 45 days and requires all services to provide a plan to implement this policy for all active duty service members. The second phase will be the act of implementing this policy for all non-active duty service members. Brandon's parents, Terry and Patrick, say that their son took his life due to hazing and bullying he received in his squadron and was not given the help he needed to cope. He was not taken seriously. Brandon felt the only solution to his problem was to end his own life, Patrick said. Our son's story is tragic and senseless, but we're pleased that Congress passed the Brandon Act. It allows for confidential reporting of mental health concerns and ensures resources are available to help those who are struggling, Tara Cassetta said. If you are a veteran and struggling with a mental health crisis, please contact 988 Veterans Crisis Line or Military One Source Non-Medical Counseling and the 24-7 Psychological Health Resource Center. To our service members, you would go to the doctor if your foot was broken or your wrist was sprained. Mental health issues are not your fault and should be treated like any other injury. You are too valuable to our military, to your family, and to the world to lose. Find out more at defense.gov. Army Corps of Engineers is pumping the brakes for sea turtles. In Savannah, Georgia, the Corps of Engineers has agreed to do a study on the impact of local sea turtles before dredging the sea channel during spring and summer. Georgia Conservation Group 100 Miles moved to sue the Corps over the impact the dredging would have on local wildlife, but agreed to pull back when the Corps offered to do a study on their impact. The Corps has now committed to what we've asked for, to go back and review the science, Catherine Ridley, a 100 Miles Vice President, said Monday. The science is clear. Spring and summer dredging put Georgia's sea turtles and decades of conservation progress at risk. The Army Corps said in a statement Monday that it is undertaking the fuller environmental study to ensure robust public agency and stakeholder engagement, as well as full evaluation of the impacts that this action may have to the human and natural environment. It is the Corps' job to keep the sea channels clear of debris and sediment so that all ships may pass safely. Since the 1990s, it has been law to dredge only from December to March when the sea turtles are not nesting and would likely not be found in the shallow channels. This was lifted in 2020 when the sea turtles were taken off the endangered list. The Army's argument for moving dredging to spring and summer is that the reactions do not take into account other marine wildlife such as whales who are more likely to be injured in the winter months. It also makes finding contractors hard as they are on such a tight timeline. 
A study in Brunswick, Georgia, showed no significant impact to sea turtles by dredging in the warmer months, but the conservationists say that this test is not conclusive enough. No word on how long this new study will take. I do love sea turtles and hope they come up with a compromise where everyone wins. What I have a hard time getting on board with, however, is paper straws. I said what I said. Lawmakers investigate spouse business federal contract rates. Fifteen lawmakers are asking federal agencies to track how many military spouse businesses are federally contracted. This change would ensure that military spouse entrepreneurs are adequately represented and accounted for, said Representative Marilyn Strickland, Democrat, Washington, in announcing a letter sent to the Office of Management and Budget May 10th. This concern is being brought up because while spouses are allowed to bid for federal contracts, there's no tracking system to see how successful their bids are and if the percentage of contracted spouses is equitable to their peers. Gaps cannot be addressed as there is no way to know whether they are successful and where they are failing. It is the hope that this can address the employment gap of military spouses, which has not budged from 20% in many years. These lawmakers hope to accomplish this data collecting by adding military spouse as an option on the federal procurement data system. This change would not give spouses contract priority, but agencies can see that there are military spouses and use this information in their hiring process. This might seem like a small step, but every process worth doing starts with baby steps. Find out more at federaltimes.com. This day in history. On May 22, 1980, the arcade game sensation Pac-Man was released. Originally called Puckman in Japan, it was a maze action video arcade game that was released by Namco and Midway Manufacturing here in the States. Shibuya Tokyo held the world's first lucky players of this highly addictive classic, first hitting the controls on this day 43 years ago. It was directed by Toru Iwatani with a nine-man team, and the idea originally began with a think tank on finding a game that would appeal to women as well. Most games at the time were sports or war-related, and the game world was buzzing for an idea to get women on board with the growing gaming scene. The game was filled with bright colors to entice young players as well. He got the idea of the Pac-Man character from looking at a pizza with one slice removed. It was originally called Puck-Man because in Japanese, the phrase Paku Paku Taburu means to gobble something up. It had to change to Pac-Man over here in the States because they were worried that Puck sounded too close to, well, a popular swear word that could make the game a target for vandalism. Pac-Man went off to be a huge success, generating more than $14 billion in revenue to date. All I know is that Pac-Man makes me hungry, and I might go pack away a pizza myself. That's it for me. I'm Emma Tai with News 6, where information empowers. Thanks to Amy for offering us a dose of moxie each week, and to Emma for making sure we always have up-to-date news for this military life. Jolene, what is on the docket for this week's Resource Recon? Well, this week's Resource Recon is all about Embrace Your Base series. Um, as PCS season unfolds across the military, like a summer wave at the beach, many military spouses and families find themselves relocating to a new home. Whether this is your first PCS or your 10th, it is a daunting process to reestablish your life somewhere new. So enter Mission Mill Spouses Embrace Your Base. It's a blog series covering nearly 50 different military locations. Our Mission Mill Spouse Command team and band, band of bloggers have compiled insider details regarding local realtors, off-post healthcare options, specific installation information, spouse testimonials, 
social media connections, hidden gems of the area, and some bucket list things that you have to do before you leave that post. I know we cover it all from (laughs) front to back. (laughs) You can find this series and more on our website at missionmillspouse.org slash embrace hyphen your hyphen base. Sarah, has Embrace Your Base helped you navigate any of your PCS experiences? It has in a way. I guess um, I discovered Mission Mill Spouse back when it was Army Wife Network. And this was 10 plus years ago when I was a baby mill spouse and found out that our first duty station was overseas and I had never really left my own home state of Maryland. And so I went frantically Googling and found our Embrace Your Bay series um, to research the duty station we were going to. And it kind of helped reduce my panic. And I think now, um, you know, 10 years later, we use it my husband gets to kind of prioritize his options when it's time for us to PCS. And um, we sort of hit up Mission Mill Spouse and go through their list and see like what might be a good fit for our family based on all of this information that we have. Um, how about you? Have you gotten to use our series when you PCS? <laughs> well, because we're kind of a non-traditional or we were a non-traditional um, active duty military family. My husband was AGR with the Wisconsin National Guard for most of his career. Mm. We did some geo-batching, but never really had to move until um, 17 years into his career when we moved here <laughs> to Fort Bragg, <laughs> soon oh to be gosh. Fort Liberty. <laughs> and so, um, yes, in fact, that is, thankfully, I was already, um, you know, on the team here at, well, like you said, it just as it was Army Wife Network, but now Mission Mill Spouse, I was on the team. And so I knew about it. And so I was like, oh, this is my first stop. And then um, as I did it, it actually was great because I, we um, updated it. And so I was part of that uh, Fort Bragg update um, when oh, we, cool. when we had to be updated. So it has been both beneficial to me, but hopefully I also paid it back a little bit too. And it probably needs an update. That's been, it's been a while. So maybe I'll go and do a little freshening up and make sure the links and everything are still good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's an excellent idea. Uh, it is always helpful. Um, like you said, to have insider recon on your new duty station before your boots hit the ground, even with the resources at our fingertips, sometimes this military spouse life um, can make us kind of weary. So here at Mission Mill Spouse, we've got some natural cheerleaders ready for whenever we need a pick me up. One of those empowered gals is ready to share how we can celebrate other military spouses in those moments. Coming up next is our Mission Mill Spouse Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bignese, followed by our interview for this week with Jerry. Good night. Maestro, cue it up. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, military spouses are our primary focus. We have more than 2,600 blogs with topics including PCS, parenting, career guidance, humor, deployment, and more. Whether you're dating a service member, have just said I do as a new spouse, or are a seasoned spouse with a whole collection of PCS stickers on your furniture, we have something for you. But hey, don't just take our word for it. I'm Lindsay, and when my husband joined the military, I was completely lost when it came to assimilating to military life and culture. This organization made me feel like I had support, a new community I could lean on, and equipped me with invaluable information about military spouse life. Tap into all of our empowering resources at missionmillspouse.org or follow us across all social media platforms at Mission Millspouse. Welcome Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Dr. Sharita Knobloch, your executive director here at Mission Mill Spouse. Today's guest is Jared Knight, U.S. Army veteran, military spouse, and mental health advocate. 
Jared is the 2023 Armed Forces Insurance Buckley Space Force Base Spouse of the Year. He is also the active advocacy director for Ohana Homefront Foundation and an advocate for linking fellow male military spouses. After retirement from the Army, Jared transitioned to life as one of the often unseen male military spouses. He and his husband have been together for eight years, and in that time, they've endured two deployments and three duty stations. Jared, welcome to the Mission Male Spouse Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Very much looking forward to our conversation today. And so let's jump right in. The title of this episode is Man Pendant. I've heard of dependent, obviously from the spouse side, but tell us what exactly is man pendant? So man pendant is a male spouse of a service member. Uh, We kind of just made a group to kind of just recognize that you know, male spouses of service members are rare, but, you know, we are actively here. Mm -hmm. You do exist. You're not, you're kind of a unicorn, but you still exist and you needed a place for that. So how did that group kind of come about? Is it all online? How many people do you have in that circle? I mean, I have all questions about this man pendant component. I got introduced to the man pendant group about, Four or five years ago, when my uh, husband Sean and I were PCSing from the DC area to Okinawa, Japan, and a MSOI, actually one of the MSOI alumni, David Carrera, mm-hmm. uh, messaged me on Facebook because I was looking for a spouses group. But when I initially joined the you know wives of Kadena Air Force Base, Okinawa, I got rejected. You know, mm. a little odd you know, a guy wanting to join the spouses group. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he messaged me and said, Hey, we've got this group. It's, you know, man pendant and it's all male service member spouses. Um, we have members all over the world at a lot of different duty stations. Um, while I was in Okinawa, you know, we got together once a week and did like board games or lunches, mm. um, just kind of a way to have some solidarity when mm-hmm. you're a spouse, you're lost in a world of spouse groups, you know, posting, hey, ladies, or a little mm-hmm. black party at the enlisted club. And trust me, nobody wants to see a man pendant and a little black dress. <laughs> nobody wants to see that. I, honestly, some days I don't know if anyone wants to see me in a little black dress. Let's be real. But so solidarity on that point, And I really appreciate that piece of solidarity that you just mentioned, because I think all of us have our components that we want other people to be able to relate to, whether that's, you know, who we are as a spouse, if we're parents, if we're not, if we're a new spouse, if we're seasoned, there's just something encouraging and empowering to have someone that gets it. And that's what we're here at Mission Mill Spouse. Solidarity is a big piece. And that looks different for all of our spouses on our command team and those part of our network. So let's go a little bit deeper here, Jared. Would you say that there's a stigma to being a male spouse? And tell us a little bit more about that. Um, I wouldn't quite say that there's like a stigma to it. Um, There's often like misconceptions or Mm. misperceptions. For example, if you're a male and, you know, your wife is the service member, there's a lot of times where some, somebody will come up and they'll, they'll thank them you know, the guy for his service. And Mm -hmm. it's that little bit of, you know, they take a step back when you go, oh, well, you know, my wife 
is the service member. Um, with, you know, myself and my experience being, you know, married to a service member who's another guy, um, mm-hmm. you kind of see that little bit of awkwardness and the mindset when somebody comes up and says, oh, well, thank you for your service. And, you know, I go, oh, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a spouse, you know, this is my husband. He serves, you know, with the U.S. Navy, you know, he's the service member. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you kind of do get a little bit of stigma when the traditional role is, you know, the guy is the service member and the wife stays home and takes care of the house and kids. And when you flip that dynamic and you have a female service member with a stay at home dad, they're sometimes met with, you know, oh, well, you're supposed to be, you know, the man in the relationship and you're, you're a stay at home. Mm. So there's a lot of confronting what the normal used to be, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but today's society is. That makes a lot of sense. We actually have um, one of our board members here at Mission Mills Mouse, since we are a 501c3 nonprofit now, one of our board members is a male military spouse married to an active duty female service member. And I've had a lot of very interesting conversations with him because these are just things I don't think about because I'm a little bit more of what you would call, I guess, I I don't know if typical is the right word or traditional or, you know, my husband is a male, he's a service member, he's serving. I'm what I call myself the cheerleader, like, okay, we'll pack our stuff, we'll go, we'll do all the things. But it seems people seem to gravitate towards that more naturally, just because I think that's quote, the traditional role. So I think it's very interesting how you're just bringing light, shedding that light to be like, hey, there's different dynamics, different perspective here. And, um, you know, there's there's a place at the table for that because we are such a diverse group when it comes to all things military spouse. So you've you've led to this a little bit, kind of pointed towards it. Share with us a little bit more, Jared, about the unique challenges you personally have faced with your military spouse experience. Well, for me, it's kind of a a multifaceted uh, way to look at it. You know, I'm a I'm a male spouse. That's already kind of a you know, that's like seeing Bigfoot in a forest. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I'm also a former service member. Mm-hmm. And so there's this oddity where being a military spouse is hard, regardless of your experience, your gender. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're seasoned or not, it it never becomes a super easy cheesecake kind of life. Mm-hmm. But coming from being a former service member, there's that duality of having a, a knowledge of how things should function within a unit or within a command mm-hmm. and helping my spouse when things don't go like they should, or there is some kind of command issue and it's, really learning the biggest challenge for me when I became a military spouse was learning how to walk that line between here's advice based on my experience. And here's me, I'm just going to wave my pom poms and be your cheerleader and tell you it's going to be okay. Mm. I can imagine that's a very fine line to walk. That's not something that I've necessarily had to experience because I, again, I've not been the service members. So I don't really get it. So my only experience is from the outside looking in and often, you know, even without that active duty service member experience from my own personal self, sometimes the desire to kind of push back, be like, hang on a minute, they're doing what now? 
that doesn't make any sense. And walking that line of this seems really challenging. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's not my service member's fault. That was something my husband said from the get-go of like, look, there's going to be a lot of times where there are decisions made that I have no control over that are not my choice. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can be frustrated. Just try not like, don't take it out on me. And at face value, that makes a lot of sense. But when it comes to putting that in practice, (laughs) it's a lot harder. So I can only imagine the, the dichotomy that you're facing of that push pull, having those boundaries of, I know things, but I can't really control it. What do I do with my hands? How can I best help and support in that experience? Exactly. It's like, you know, sometimes when my husband comes home and he's had a rough day, he doesn't want, well, from my experience, advice. Mm. (laughs) Sometimes he just wants, okay, you know, I hear you. I acknowledge it was a rough day and, you know, I'll make you some tea. I'll make you some coffee. That challenge of... Mm -hmm. Is this one of those times where I should give advice based on my experience and my, or should I just listen and be that support system and say, you know, today was rough, but tomorrow is going to be better. Mm, Yeah. Like, do you want me to fix it? You want me to listen? I feel like that is the repetitive on repeat forever conversation between my husband and I, when I'm like, you know, not from a service member perspective, but just like life, parenting, whatever. I'm like, I, zit, whoa, don't say anything. I just need you to listen. I just need space to be frustrated and for him to kind of nod and smile for a minute. Okay, then we can move on. Tomorrow's going to be better. Or his his default over the years is like, that sounds hard. And I was like, you know what? That is hard. And it just having that validation. So kudos to you for pressing in, leaning in trying to learn more about what that looks like for your experience in um, your military relationship. So let's keep moving because, you know, you've faced some experience, unique challenges, had these experiences, bringing a lot of it to light that honestly, I've never really thought about before because I've never thought about it before. I want to know, how have you seen others support you in your role as a male military spouse? Well, um, honestly, it, really started again with, you know, my friend David Carrera, when he introduced me to the man pendants, and then we got to Okinawa, and it was, you know, PCS is stressful, and it's tough, Mm -hmm. and whether it's state to state, or CONUS to OCONUS, having that, that OCONUS layer just adds another, you know, I don't know the language, I don't know Mm -hmm. the systems, how is this all going to work, you know, how do you find housing in a foreign country? And mm. just kind of took me under his wing. And he was like, hey, we've got this group. You know, I've been on this island for X amount of years. You know, I've got connections with, you know, leasing offices. You know, you need, you're going to need a vehicle, you know. And it really took a lot of the anxiety because it was like, okay, you know, once we get to Okinawa, I know at least one, mm-hmm. I know one person. Yes. And after being there, you know, and then he introduced me to the rest of the man pendant group there at Okinawa. And all of them were just like, welcome to the island. Welcome to the group. You know, we, we've gone through 
the OCONUS PCS. We've gone through the cultural barriers. You know, if you have any questions or you just want to hang out and, you know, get rid of some of that anxiety, reach mm. out, you know, reach out to us. We're always here. And that made that change in life so much easier. And it really inspired me to when the next family came to the island, you know, there was a male military spouse mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm going to pay it forward. You know, this is where you're going to arrive at the airport and I will pick you up. I'll make sure you get to your hotel. And it just seeing that cycle where not just being a, a military spouse, but a male spouse where you find your tribe within mm-hmm. the, the military spouse community in general, but to find your segment of that tribe. And the genuine, you know, we understand yes. the breakthrough because prior to meeting David and this group, I was lost in that sea of post, hey, ladies, or mm. in me time. And it's like, well, I'm not a mommy. I don't have kids. You know, I don't want to read Fifty Shades of Grey at the book club this week. And I just have a lot to like think about and process already. And we've just, you know, we're only halfway through our conversation, but what I'm hearing Jared is once again, what you just said, the power of that military spouse tribe and taking it even deeper to those folks that really get your specific experience. Like we're always, there's no one out there that's like identical. That's like, Oh yes, exact hundred percent. But just those threads that can connect us. And that's what I've seen over my years as a spouse of how much more empowering and encouraging it is when someone just gets it, whatever group that is, whether it's with the man pendant groups that you're um, experiencing uh, with the MSOI, the military spouse of the year. I love that that was your initial connection through David, because I think he's, is he class of 2020? He was one of the overall, in, was that 2020? I can't remember which year. Um, he was the Navy spouse of the year. Um, I believe he's one of the, the dual classes because of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I believe 2021 and 2020. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was, that was my class too for Fort Bliss. And so watching him with his, you know, the top six-ish back then, you know, seven-ish, whatever, when they moved into Space Force, watching that, and how that's developed and how it's coming full circle. And we're talking about the connection that he made and how he kind of took you under your his wing and how you're now doing that for other people. And also how we're doing that here at Mission Mills House for folks that are like, oh yeah, I'm moving to XYZ. It's a small military. And we're learning that even more across the branches now of how these circles overlap. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want this to you know stay about you because that's what this is but I'm all about, I just have so many things to like think about and it's really kind of cool. So let's, let's keep moving. The next question I have, share with us the origin and meaning behind the hashtag thrive, don't survive. So there is a huge culture of thrive, you know, don't survive. For me, it started with reading a book that was called Thrive, Not Just Survive by J. Chad Barrett. And it really... The way he wrote the book, it tackles how do you overcome anxiety, depression, like, mm. you know, illness in the family? Like, how as a human can we evolve our 
emotional toolbox, so to speak, to be able to say, you know, this is a change. Change is scary. There is Mm -hmm. nobody nobody out there that goes, oh, I love constant change, especially. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, you can be a 25 year season spouse and still be like, you know, I really hate hurry up and wait. I really. Mm, Yes. I hate it. (laughs) I, I read the book and it really just struck a chord with me, not just, you know, as a, as a guy, not just as a human, but it really spoke for me to my transition from service member, Mm. military spouse and how, you know, you can PCS and just deal with it and just, you know, roll with the punches, so to speak, or you can change your perspective and be like, you know, there's a PCS coming. It's going to be stressful, but you know what? Mm. Let's not fixate on the anxieties, the stresses, the, the downfalls. Mm-hmm. I'm all about trying to promote that, you know, thrive, don't survive by saying, hey, you're going to go somewhere you've probably never been. You're going to, you know, take the time to research where you're going. Like if you're going to Japan, research the food, research the culture and let yourself get immersed in the change. Once you allow yourself to step over that, that cliff of the scared and the anxiety and, you know, the feeling of I'm, I'm letting go of my friends, I'm letting Mm. go of this place that's been my home for three, four, six years. Once you let yourself jump off that cliff and say, you know what, look at the food that's going to be in the new place or Mm. start connecting with the spouse group that's out there, start getting active so that when you get there, you can hit the ground running and see the good. Because I am a firm believer with Thrive Don't Survive that your perception is going to dictate your experience. And so when I meet a new spouse or a seasoned spouse, like this conversation today, you know, I want to inject that positivity that yes, you know, the quote unquote traditional perceptions have changed. And there's this amazing world out there And if you just let yourself step out your front door and be thrilled with the little things, you're going to thrive in any location. And I, especially with military children, you know, that move may be tough on mom and dad, but on the military child, you know, we like to call them dandelions because they can grow anywhere, but they have to have that sense of thriving. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to, you have to be open to it and want it. And I think the challenge with that is not swinging too far in either direction because it's one of those weird paradoxal experiences that it's both and. It's challenging and it's stressful and it's also really exciting and empowering. And so giving ourselves permission to experience both of those things at the same time and not beat ourselves up and say, I should be stronger than this or, you know, only lean to one direction. So Jared, such wisdom, such insight. I appreciate what you've shared so far in our conversation. Love that your little mentioned little hint about mental health. We're going to talk a lot more about that here in just a few minutes after the commercial break. So up until this point, thanks so much for sharing about your experience as a man pendant in the military spouse realm. It does sound like you're thriving yourself, learning as you go and um, sharing that. 
with other folks in your circle and even beyond. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. But before we do, listeners, if any of you are fellow man pendants and looking for your tribe, head on over to the men's room for male military spouses on social media, or you can connect with Jared online. In the meantime, stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Jared as we'll be talking soon about more with his advocacy for male dependence, and we'll be touching on his role with Ohana Homefront Foundation after this short commercial break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Jared Knight, resident man pendant and advocacy director for Ohana Homefront Foundation. Jared, let's jump back into the conversation. Super pumped. I mean, I'm excited about this whole interview, but really excited about this next part because military spouse and service member mental health is, as my team would say, that's my jam. We've talked a lot with Ohana Homefront in the past, and now we get to cross paths again with you with um, representing Ohana Homefront. So tell us about your specific work with the Ohana Homefront Foundation. With the Ohana Homefront Foundation, I am the active advocacy director. Um, it really boils down kind of to, you know, marketing PR and just reaching out, being a resource and saying, hey, you know, we're here and we will listen and we will get mm-hmm. you the resources, you know, behind what you need. And it just kind of naturally aligned for me to fill that position. You know, I uh, met Sarah and I think her and Natalie are both just mm-hmm. amazing women. Rock stars. Love them. Yes. Like the, just the strength and the organization that they have and knowing that the Ohana Homefront Foundation, it is a, you know, an act of service and it is a, a love labor with them. Like it's not just doing something to do something. It's an actual inspiration. And so after a couple of conversations, I was like, yeah, you know, it lines up with, you know, one of my platforms, you know, in life and with being an MSOI. And so it became this natural thing. And one day Sarah was like, I'm just going to call you the active advocacy director and you can run with that. <laughs> nice. I love it when they, when our efforts or our experiences, we're just like doing what we do and it like escalates quickly. And they're like, I'm just, this is a thing. You're now voluntold and it's awesome. And now you're doing that. So um, I, that's so cool. And yes, we love Ohana Homefront Foundation. We've chatted with them a few times and I think they're coming up again in our broadcast schedule. Just love the work that they're doing and the partnership that we've gotten. So thank you for your work personally and um, professionally with them. And so let's swing back over just a little bit. I would like to know more, just to skosh more about the man pendant part of your journey, because it sounds like 
it's a challenging component of your existence as a mill spouse, but I have a feeling there's also some really cool parts about it. So Jared, what's the most rewarding part about your work as a man pendant? I would say for me, the most rewarding part is when you come across that male spouse and they don't know about the man pendants and, you know, you see them post in your local spouses group and they're like, again, I don't want to read 50 shades of gray. You know, is there anybody on this <laughs> that, you know, likes sports or wants to go see a baseball game? Mm. And for me being able to reach out and say, Hey, you know, welcome to the base. You know, by the way, we have the man pendant group. We have the men's room for military spouses on Facebook. You know, there's a, there, there is a lot of us. You're not alone. You're not isolated. And getting to bring someone new because that male spouse knows other male spouses. So the group grows and the more that group grows and the more we build that brotherhood, it's an amazing thing because it's almost reminiscent to me of my service days where mm. you never know when you get to that next base, you might meet somebody from the man pendant group that you met six, you know, six mm -hmm. years ago in Japan or eight years ago in Germany. We're, we're able to keep that brotherhood and say, hey, you know, let's be visible. Let's, you know, let's raise our voices. I mean, not too long ago with the MSOI program, every nominee was a wife. And then we started getting males nominated. And then you had the amazing David Carrera, who, you know, Navy overall, and it just mm -hmm. continues to grow and be this, this change and this beacon all at the same time. And I find that rewarding to know that I'm able to have a platform and say, we're here, we're going to be visible. Mm -hmm. That's uh, so good. That's just so good. And uh, I think it's just really interesting how that has developed and how you're really digging your heels in and making a difference in that capacity within your circle and again, even beyond. So obviously, like many military spouses, but especially for you, Jared, you wear a lot of hats. You are um, a Space Force Base Spouse of the Year for 2023. You're also an ombudsman, advocacy director with Ohana Homefront. And you're leading this charge with all things man pendant. So how do you find time and energy to do all the stuff and all the things? Honestly, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of monster energy drinks and <laughs> just keeping that thrive, don't survive mentality. Mm -hmm. and, you know, putting my minutes in the right buckets. You know, mm. there, there's times where ombudsman me has to, lead my day and do what I need to do to support, you know, my husband's command and their families and their sailors. And then there's times where, you know, being an MSOI needs to be my predominant mm -hmm. mindset of the moment, you know, where there's things that need to get done. And then there's times where being an, you know, advocacy director, Hey, we've got to plan some meetings. We got to look at, you know, the needs of the home front. And it's just really a lot of monster and just reminding myself <laughs> to thrive with it all. 
It makes me laugh because I was like, okay, bottom line, middle spouse, caffeine. It's just what we do. Like, we just need the caffeine. Um, I am but, a believer that <laughs> us military spouses are the real power that keeps Starbucks in, in business. <laughs> right? How much, how much coffee and tea can I drink before I start to shake? Um, I've, I have to be careful with that because I was like, am I okay? Oh, yeah. Just drink a large unsweet tea from Sonic. It's fine. We're fine. Just keep doing the things. Uh, but I think it's very cool. Again, a lot of spouses can probably relate to this, Jared, because what's important to us, we make it happen. Like it does, you know, part of it, I think people are like, they're like, oh, you're just so busy. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't feel busy. You know, you do a lot of things. I do a lot of things. All of our command team here at Mission Mill Spouse, we're all volunteers, Mill Spouses in general, different areas, you know, some of us work some of us are parents, et cetera. But I think what I'm hearing is if it's important, that's when we start to make things happen. And those things obviously are very important to you. And so what you said, putting your minutes in the right buckets and understanding that that may vary from week to week. Some weeks are going to be a little bit heavier on X, Y, Z and other weeks as we got to swing and pivot over here. And that really speaks to me because I'm living that life and some weeks I'm like, oh, it's all about this component of my life. And other times it's like, how many meetings do I have this week? And how did this happen? And I will need some more coffee, but don't drink it after three because I want to go to sleep tonight. So um, I don't I don't want to get distracted on that, but we're getting ready to wrap up our conversation. So before we do, I would really appreciate if you could remind our listeners where they can go to learn more information about your mission to support military spouses. Um, again, you can check out, you know, search on Facebook for hashtag manpendant. You can also search on Facebook for the men's room for military spouses. And I encourage, you know, any male spouse, any manpendant that's out there and listens to this, reach out and say, hey, this is where I'm at. Who else is here? Mm. Um, you know, because being a military spouse in general you know, we, like you said, we have to make the things happen. You know, we're the ones that when the deployments come or the underways come or the geo bachelor assignments come, you know, we've got to balance home and, you know, making the dinners and the finances and trying to keep everything going. So again, check out, you know, hashtag man pendant on Facebook and check out the men's room for military spouses and join us you know, enjoy the ride. Jared, thank you so much for sharing those connections. So listeners, um, if that applies to you and that's something you want to get connected with, be sure to follow those links if you are mobile or maybe can't look that up right this second. Never fear. All of those outbound links will be in our show notes and on our website when this podcast goes live. So my last question for today, Jared, we ask all of our guests this, and it's one of my favorite components what is one piece of advice you would give to our listeners to navigate this military life with respect to your area of expertise? That is a great question. Um, again, I would speak to the male spouses and I would say, get active in your local spouses group, you know, introduce yourselves to, you know, the wives of Buckley Space Force Base or whatever base you may be at, because it's important for you to know you can be part of the group without becoming one of the girls. Mm. I want to thank you so much for this conversation with me today. 
Jared, thank you for coming on to our show, sharing about this, because that's one thing I love about Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Again, I'm super crazy biased, but I love having these conversations because it takes me into a space that I've never really often thought about before, whether that's with an author or with, you know, someone with mental health advocacy or in your case, you know, man pendants, things that I was like, I always get to learn something new. And so I do applaud you for your courage for sharing some of these things that can be challenging or maybe have a little bit of a stigma or just that unknown component. So appreciate you taking time to share with our listeners for broadening my horizons. I love learning new things. So I really appreciate that. Just want to continue to celebrate that um, and support you in your work with your personal advocacy, but also with Ohana Homefront. Thank you so much for serving our community and supporting military spouses around the world. Hey, again, thanks for having me today. And, you know, you can also find me on Facebook if, you know, maybe some male spouses out there aren't ready to join a big group, reach out to me directly. Great advice. We always love sharing that as well. So thanks again to today's guest, Jared Knight. We wish him all the best as he works with his advocacy to support male military spouses and all things mental health awareness. And now let's swing it back over to our hosts to hear their reflections on today's conversation. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and longstanding legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org or catch our twice weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple podcast, Google play or Spotify. Remember we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Thanks once again to Jared Knight for chatting with us on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you want to connect with Jared and other man pendants, look for them online at hashtag man pendant and the group Men's Room for Military Spouses. Jolene, what were your thoughts on the interview with Jared today? Uh, this was such a good interview. Um, I just loved hearing his perspective. I think it's so powerful to um, be able to share not just the what we think of typical uh, military spouse experience. And I, I mean, I, I don't know that there really is a traditional one, but I definitely think that we, um, when you think military spouse, you think wife. I think that mm -hmm. that's a, a, a tough stereotype. Um, and so I was just so encouraged to hear his uh, perspective and just hear some of his um, advice. And I love that there are groups online for male military spouses to just dig in and get connected. Does it surprise us that military spouses, no matter who you are, <laughs> get connected and, and, you know, do something better for the community. So it, it was super exciting to hear that perspective from our, um, from our male counterparts. I'm, I'm glad to hear their voice and I'm glad that we can share their voice here at Mission Mill Spouse. Yeah, me too. Um, I really liked Jared's thrive, don't survive mentality. I feel like that is an important um, concept to take forward, especially if you're moving to, you know, a duty station that maybe you're not excited about or, you know, you're in a, a tough situation or a, uh, a hard season of male spouse life, you know, trying to thrive instead of just survive, trying to find, you know, not wanting to go so far as to, you know, be the toxic positivity that we all see sometimes, but just trying to find 
the little things that can make it enjoyable. And um, I had to laugh when he talked about how he was drinking his energy drinks, because um, if you could see me through my screen, like I am, I'm in my closet and I have my huge energy drink and my giant Yeti next to me. And I am <laughs> juggling all the different roles today, just like Jared talked about. And um, he said, mill spouses are the real power behind Starbucks. And I just want to give a shout out to Starbucks. Like, give us a call. We absolutely keep you in business. So that whole message kind of deeply resonated with me. I laugh so hard at that <laughs> because seriously, Starbucks, let's partner because we, I think that we probably spend enough that they could just on our team alone that Absolutely. we could probably, um, you know, they, the money would be flowing right back into the Millspouse community and right, turn them right back into Starbucks. It'd be perfect. <laughs> it would. It's a great partnership. And it is funny too, to see like, you know, he's no different than us in so many ways. Like why are we, you know, like, why does that kind of like maybe make people stop for a second? He's no different than us. He's got a million things on his plate and clearly doing it the same way that we all are some caffeine. And I don't even know what. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Prayer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hope that things pan out. I don't know. Some days I feel like, I don't know how the wheels don't fall off. Probably because Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I also um, found it funny that, um, not funny, I shouldn't say funny, but I just, I, hearing his perspective just like gave me a flashback. I feel really lucky because really early on in my career, um, my husband had a service woman, you know, a, his, one of his commanders was a woman. And I mean, that's nothing unusual. It was very common, but um, I, because we got to know them very well, um, her husband, then he and I got to know each other well. And it was, I feel like lucky for me at that point in time, very early in my husband's, you know, career early in our marriage, where I had the eye opening experience of like, don't stereotype people, don't put people into boxes. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I've been able to carry that through because I think our experience has been so wide and so varied. We've been so lucky to meet so many different families. So, so many um, amazing, incredible people, whether it's male military spouses, whether it's dual military spouses. And then here at Fort Bragg, we work with, well, I don't, but my husband works. <laughs> my husband works with a lot of joint um, operations. So we've been able to work with people who are Marine families and Navy families and Air Force families. We have not connected with the Space Force family here at Fort Bragg. So I'm working on that mm -hmm. one, but um, it's just been so great to, I think that early experience of having that exposure to somebody who was not exactly like me reminded me that this community is so varied and so wonderful and so diverse. And we're really lucky to have all of that diversity, I think it makes us stronger as a community. I agree. That's a, a great perspective to have. We, my husband also had a, um, a female commander at one of our previous duty stations and it was very, it was very eye opening. And it was, I, I loved that we could show, you know, my children that, that it's not always, mm. you know, the men in charge that, you know, women can also be in charge and their spouses can be the ones who, stay at home and take care of the kids and wear all the different hats. And I thought that was a really important role to show my kids. Oh, that's such a good point. Such a good point to show them diversity in you can be anything you want, right? And it it could be, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a male or female, it doesn't matter. It just, um, I think that that having that example is, is really awesome to show, show our children too. Oh, 
That was such a good perspective. Well, all good things must come to an end, but never fear. More Mission Millspouse podcast episodes are already in the works. Catch our minicast episodes each Thursday. And our next full-length podcast dropping in two weeks as we chat with Kate Harrell about college funding and the post-9-11 GI Bill. Go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or on your chosen podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. As we wrap up, we want to thank you for tuning in and invite you to consider joining us on our mission in other ways as well. We are always seeking bloggers to contribute once per month submissions. All spouses from all branches and all components are welcome. If you have a resource for military spouses, please inquire about being a guest on our podcast. Our season books up quickly, so don't wait. Email hello at missionmillspouse.org or send us a direct message on any social media outlet. Whether you're in a season of hurry up and wait, embracing the suck, or keeping calm and mill-spousing on, thank you for letting us be a part of your mill-spouse squad. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember, we've been there, you are not alone. We've got your six. This is your Mission Mill-Spouse Command Team, signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill-Spouse Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Millspouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.